Welcome to Genius Leadership Podcast, where we discuss how to overcome everything as a leader. I'm your host, Anna Liebel, a mind shifter, helping male leaders in tech get out of the firefighting mode, become the proactive leaders they want to be, and enjoy the ride as they go. Join me every week for honest, insightful conversations with corporate, entrepreneurial, and academic leaders. We discuss their roller coaster ride of leading from their zone of genius and when they don't. If you find this show valuable, please subscribe and share it so that more of us can live a healthier and happier life. Now, let's get into the episode. Hey, Genius Leader, welcome to the show. Today, I'm joined by Rob Napoli. He's been on the show before in autumn 2021, it is now, uh, talking about how to attract and uh, engage Gen Z population in uh, your workplace. But today, he's back as my client. He's been working with me since autumn, one year ago. <laughs> I'm confused because it's beginning of 2023 and I'm still switching the years in my head. And uh, I just wanted to bring him on the show because I think he's done such an amazing journey, developing himself, being open to rewiring himself and um, leveling up on so many different areas, in so many different areas of his life. So he... Uh, very generously and openly sharing about his journey with me and uh, his journey in general, how he pivoted things and changed the business in the middle of our work because he realized that he's building something he doesn't really want to run. We discussed how the process looked uh, for him, what kind of realizations were coming, what kind of feelings were coming, what he changed since that realization how I was supporting him on that uh, journey. So it's an honest conversation of two friends. I do feel like Rob is my very close friend. I really appreciate him and love him dearly. And um, I'm, I'm very grateful that he joins for this conversation. And I'm really looking forward for you to listen to it and take away something for yourself. He discusses a lot about what he thinks people should pay attention to when they're looking for some kind of support, whether it's coaching, therapy, or whatever it is in any area of his life or your life. And I think it's it's a good reminder. Now that we are all busy setting our goals or we have done it and we are on our all doing that, but I don't know whether you know it, but 19th of January is the quitter's day. So that's the day when a lot of people have already dropped their New Year resolutions and we all know how important support and accountability can be. So if you are on a roll with your goals and you want to sustain with them and stay on track with them, maybe it's the high time to hire some help, whichever area of your life it is about and what kind of, whatever kind of help it is. So listen, reflect, feel what lands for you. Uh, let us know where you don't agree with us and uh, want to discuss. We're always happy to do that uh, on LinkedIn, first and foremost. So let's just, without further ado, hop into this episode. Hey, Rob. Warmest welcome to the first interview of my podcast this year. <laughs> well, I'm glad. I'm glad to be on it. And uh, wow, first one of the year. It's, it's exciting. It also feels weird that we can say that we're in 2023 now, which I think is, yeah. is wild. It usually takes a couple of, of months for me just to not uh, stumble over the previous year when I'm saying <laughs> it or writing it, especially in journaling and stuff. But yeah, we'll manage that. By the way, did you notice that we both are quite on my brand today in those? Oh. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I did notice when when... when I opened up the camera and I was like, well, 
you know, actually, if I had like an orange shirt, I was thinking about it, but it's as close as I got. So, it's kind of between Christmas and Annalibel. Yeah, <laughs> or, so somewhere in between. <laughs> yeah. So, Rob, you've been on the show before, but now you're coming in a different uh, role, so to say. Then you yeah. were sharing with us how to work with the Gen Z, uh, how to lead them. And yeah. uh, I will put the link to, to that episode uh, in the show notes for people to catch up if they're interested. But today you're here as my client. Yeah. which happened soon after that uh, episode. We just yeah. connected, we clicked, and things started yeah. falling from there. And now it's been more, more than a year that you've been mind-shifting with me. And I actually want to walk our uh, listeners through their journey and see why you started doing that and why the heck are, you, are we still talking to each yeah. other? <laughs> <laughs> so what happened to you? What uh, what brought you to me in the first place? And, and actually, before that, I'll just make a small note for the uh, for our listeners. Rob is New York in, in New York, and you hear New York in the background. Yeah. So just enjoy. Imagine that you're sitting <laughs> with a cup of coffee or a, a glass of beer with us in some New York bar. <laughs> uh, I love it. You know, it's funny because depending on the day, it could be silent and there's no background noise to you can hear everything outside. And, and that's why I always, I always laugh when people are like on a call with me, like, sorry for the background noise. I'm like, I live in New York. There's, there's background noise everywhere. I've gotten so used to, I don't know, like I have AirPod pros, which has like noise canceling. And I got so used to like when I'm on a call with somebody, like I can't hear anything around me, mm-hmm. but if I'm walking outside, they can hear everything that's coming in. I feel bad because like the technology is so good. Like for me, like, yeah, this is normal, like sounds of New York. And I don't think about it all the time. But yeah, man, I'm happy to be here and, and, and chat. I don't remember what the first question was. was what brought to you? What, what, oh, yeah. Why would you start start discussing my services? Well, I mean, taking it back over a year now, you know, reached out to come on the podcast. And at the time I was, you know, launching my business, Rise Up Coaching. Um, I just come off selling my other business, Half Day Group. Had you on my pod, you I was on your pod. And there was a lot of synergies happening. And at this time, I was having success with my business, but also realizing, you know, when I had my, my last business, I had a co-founder and I always had somebody uh, to bounce ideas off of, to talk about, to commiserate, to celebrate with, right? Having that, um, that partner in the business was super helpful. And doing this a second time without a business partner was tough. Mm-hmm. And so we started talking about your services and, and kind of talking, you know, it's a bit business coaching. It's mind shifting, it's mindset, it's leadership, it's part therapy, part inspiration, part Rob, go go after yourself, like get over yourself, like come on. And to me, that made sense, right? I think it's really easy to say it's this or that. And it's like, no, it's kind of a combination. And when we were talking about what the goals were, you know, I really just needed sometimes a beard in the air to guidance to thoughtfulness, right? And so I was really intrigued that it was a, it was a little bit of everything in one versus like you weren't trying to sell me and say, hey, I want to help make you great. It's like, hey, I'm just going to listen and I can help transform your thought. I can help you stay in your zone of genius longer um, mm-hmm. and help you tap into your potential. And that I needed that. So I was struggling, not struggling, but I was like, growing the business and struggling with doing it on my own, having come from doing it with a business partner, a co-founder. It was a lot tougher. You'd think the second t- go around would be easier, but it was a lot tougher because I was doing it all on my own. And that's that's you know the long-winded answer to what really drove me to to why we're here and, and why we continued the conversation and, and ultimately why you know decided that it, was, it made sense for us to work together. You you already touched upon that a bit that it was diff- more difficult because you were alone. But what exactly was difficult with being alone 
building a business? A couple of things. One, uh, being a solopreneur is every decision is yours, right? Like when you have a business partner or co-founder, yeah, you're making a decision, but there's always a validation period. Harder Mm -hmm. to do as a solopreneur. And yes, you can have your board of advisors and people you can call, but at the end of the day, it it falls to you, right? The other thing is, is that, especially for me anyways, I get in my head a lot. And so without having that, like without getting it out of my head and just speaking it, I can't digest it very well. Mm -hmm. We have a team and with my business, I have a team. I've got, you know, VAs and content creators and part-time people, but I don't have that team Co-creator. that you can yeah. just like bounce it, you know, and, and communicate as well off of. And so, you know, I just, it made it harder because I was on my own and in my own head. And there's also a lot of things about what I was building to what I'm building today. Right. And, mm-hmm. and uh, realizing halfway through the process that I was building a company that I didn't want to be running and mm-hmm. I didn't want to scale. So how did I, how could I reverse that out into something so profitable, growing, and that's sustainable? Hard to do that all on your own because mm-hmm. then you have to admit the failure. You have to admit, not even failure, just admit to yourself that this is not what you want to fucking be doing. So don't do it. Don't put your energy into building something that doesn't make you happy, that doesn't give you purpose. And when you're doing that alone and going through those emotions alone, it's hard. Yeah. And you don't also, you don't question because building a business is so busy. <laughs> And it's so intense that you don't necessarily automatically have time and energy and prioritization kind of space, headspace to sit down and think, am I in the right way? Do I actually climb the right ladder for myself? Am I building the lifestyle I want to have? Am I am like building the business for the person I want to be? And that's what I was grilling you with. And sometimes I was getting a bit of harsh replies, which I always take very, (laughs) I know they come from the place of love and appreciation. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we have this we have this relationship of <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sending each other lovely places. <laughs> but yeah, um, this is uh, something that I I see a lot of my clients appreciate the space where uh, you actually can slow down and, and reflect on what the hell am I doing right now? Is that yeah. the right way for me? And uh, is it turning out the way I thought it would turn out? Or is it becoming something else that I not necessarily like and that drains me? Yeah. So you're like you, you you touched upon that you actually changed half the way, half the way uh, the business. Tell us a bit about the transition. Yeah. The other point I wanted to make too, just as I'm thinking about it, what you're saying is that it's also when you have a team, even if whether you have a co-founder, or a business partner, or other like more kind of full time team members, when you continue to talk through and work through things, you're constantly like you're constantly working on and in the business. Because the way that you're looking at it from different perspectives and getting feedback to a conversation, when you're by yourself, it's sometimes you're working so much in that you, in the business that you forget to work on the business or vice versa. It's really easy to work on the business and the brand, but not the actual in the business of doing business development, right? And so seeing those things play out, um, make it really hard as a solopreneur. Into this transition, that's what I was doing. I wanted to create a business that I, I the business that I thought is like a kind of a coaching business online courses, one-to-one um, scalability, and then the the kind of like one-to-many, right? Along with have the podcast and the book, right? So I have podcast, the book was coming out, and I wanted to build the course into the one-to-one, kind of the whole, um, you can call it kind of a coaching operating system. You might have seen, you know, Justin Welsh and others that have put out kind of their own operating systems, but there's a lot of companies that help coaches set this up. It's, the, it's a similar playbook. 
And so I started building all that and I got the new website built and everything kind of set up for assets and whatnot. But then halfway through, it's like, I spent all this money on it. It's like, I don't, it's not what I want to be doing. You know, I want to be doing more media brand workshops, one to many type training versus one to one. And I kind of had that kind of, oh shit moment of like, I just spent the last eight months and, (laughs) you know, quite a few thousands of dollars to build all this stuff. To have to like look at myself and say, shit, this is what I want to be doing. And, and also have that conversation with my wife, my family, whatever. Like it was hard. <laughs> and it was just, uh, I remember it was in the summer and I was, I just got off a call, potential client. And then I was talking to my team about the website and some stuff we need to add. And I just like remembered sitting back actually like in my living room over here and just like kind of sitting back, like, I don't think this is what I want to do. And it just like hit me. I was like, oh, this isn't what I want to do. And then I was Did like, you have what? some ego there? Or, or like, how was the process from that realization moment? Was it like, oh my God, I already put so much, so much money into this? Or what will people think that I'm just changing my mind? Or you just felt like, hell yeah, I'm going for this because I feel so much more aligned with this way. How was that process? A lot more fear, not so much ego. I used to have the ego of like, everyone's like watching me, but like no one really gives a shit. To be honest, you know, I, I, when I built, when I started Rise Up Coaching in 2021 into 2022, as we we're selling Cap Day Group, I gave myself 18 months to take on whatever contracts I wanted, kind of in a consulting building capacity to see what I liked and what I didn't like. Cause there's a lot mm-hmm. I needed to explore about what I wanted to do next. And about five months in, I was like, I know what I want to do. I'm going to build this thing. And about four months after that, I was like, shit. It's not what I want. And it was like, I'm only halfway through. I told myself 18 months, give yourself 18 months to kind of explore these different avenues. And I kind of jumped right into it. And so the ego was more of like, why did I jump at that? Why did I think that was the the place to go? And I know why I thought it was the place to go. And and that's kind of where the natural business was happening. People were coming to me with requests. And in the summer was when things started really changing. I had other business requests coming in that were much more fun and i saw the passion that i had doing those and it was like i remember even one day and it was the, it was the that week that all this kind of happened i was um sitting at my desk i was leading an early morning training session with europe and my wife walked out because sometimes i have sessions and she's still like getting ready to work so she has to like sneak out and she sent me a text she's like wow it really sounds like you're loving what you're doing when i see you do those type of things like i can hear your passion from across the apartment and i was kind of like an oh shit moment of like yeah, I want to do more of this and less of the other stuff. Mm-hmm. When somebody else texted me that, it was like a big kind of eye-opener. So all those things happened at the same time. So there really wasn't much ego around it. It was just more of like, and I spent money on this stuff and I got to rebrand again. And it was tough because I am, I wrote a book on branding. Yet, if you look at my brand, go back a year, there was a lot of things we tested. And part of it is because we tested that stuff, mm-hmm. see what it worked, what didn't, and really found my voice, found things I love to talk about and the things that I'm passionate about. And it just took a lot longer to get there. So it was more of the scariness of like, how do I make the transition and like all the work that I've been doing? And then I have ADHD. So it's really easy for me to have great ideas, start something and never finish. So there was a piling of that, which is a lot of the stuff we've worked through is like, how do I take ideas into execution or how do I take ideas to get people to execute on and how do I make that work for me? Yeah, there was really no, no, I don't think it was ego or like a hell yeah, let's do this. It was more of just like the fear of what I, what I really want to do and kind of that, um, second guessing of myself mm-hmm. that really came out of that moment. But there was also a sense of relief because I was like building something and 
when I was in the ideation phase, excited. But when I started in the execution phase, I just started to be like, Ugh, this isn't it. And at this, this is also the same time, like all, everyone decided to become a coach consultant, you know, side hustles, all that stuff. And even today, like I was seeing a bunch of stuff online and just seeing what people are posting. And it's just like, it's still the same shit. Content, create content, value, create value, whatever. It's like, yeah, but you need less content creators and more engagers. Like, I, I just remember that moment that summer. It's just like the height of a culmination of all these things. And I just didn't want to be in that. I didn't want to be in that hamster wheel. And I, I want to walk our audience through the period that was just before the summer when all these things started clicking. I remember that conversation that we had, and I could have opened my notes uh, to see the date, but it was April or May when you were sitting there. It was it was late April. I was in Germany with my family on the way to Portugal. So, And you were like, I'm tired of chasing money. I'm opening my calendar. I look at it and it does not excite me. So yeah. what was that shift there from that late May to the summer when everything started clicking? What have you done on your side? Let's talk about you. Of course, there are some external circumstances that could help, align, whatever. But what was your part? What was your work that our listeners can take and actually start trying and implementing in their life? Oh, that's a, that's a good question. I feel like I should say something like totally inspirational. but I don't, <laughs> You can I don't also bullshit any. us. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I don't think... I think the big thing that I started... To, to, to really change was I started making my calendar work for me again in terms of starting to create blocks for opportunity to have different conversations on the things I wanted. I started reaching out and doing, you know, again, you know, on the business or in the business, I started working in the business and actively pursuing the types of opportunities that excited me and you know, I started to put plans in place for the, when I looked at my calendar on things that I was just like, I don't want to do this. Like there are days that I wake up, look at my calendar. I didn't want to get out of bed. And I just like, be like, I don't got it today. And I'd message on my, my meetings, like, Hey, like, Hey, I don't got it today. Like, I'm feeling great. Can we push to next week? That sucks mm-hmm. because that's money <laughs> left on the table. Right. So when I had those experiences, I started putting plans in place to how do I end those in a way that makes sense for both me and my client get them to a better place, transition them off, do whatever. A few of them, I was like, hey, I don't, I don't want to be working in this capacity. I want to be working in this capacity. Is there work that I could do in this capacity? Some of them actually allowed me to like do some other work with them. But it was those little things. It was just like putting a high focus back on my calendar and filling the calendar with things that drove productivity and excitement. And that was also you know, about the time when I took kind of like half the summer off. I set my schedule. I, I, and all this stuff that happens when the external things that happened that helped was I got a really big contract to do training, which allowed me to take the time off I needed that summer to focus on my health and go back to the gym. And there are some things that I needed to take care of, like personally. And it was those kind of moments of like working back on myself, making my calendar work for me and slowly trimming the fat, so to speak, of the things that. I wasn't happy with. And while I was scared because the money, the relief that I felt from doing that. What was the relief of doing the right quote unquote thing for you or? uh, Yeah. The relief was that I didn't have to have those calls anymore. I didn't have to have Mm -hmm. some of those clients that I was chasing money down on, but still doing work for. Mm -hmm. And it was scary as shit, but 
I also think that part of the reason things started to happen for me is I had extra time to, to, to manifest and focus on the things that I wanted and I was able to get there. So I think that the big thing is, is that when you're going through a period of doubt to just as scary as it is, the best thing we can do with our businesses, I did a whole podcast on this is saying no, saying no to things that don't make you happy. And as a solopreneur, it's really hard to say no, because when you see the, the dollar amount, you kind of want to do it. But sometimes it's important to say no and turn down money so that you can have bigger and better things, the right things come into you. Because I truly believe that some of the opportunities that I have for 2023 would not have happened had I not made some of the decisions I made to let some other clients and opportunities go. I think it's important to also mention that you... My feeling, correct me if I'm long, wrong, but my feeling was that you had the belief that those things that you love, they wouldn't bring you money if you focus on them fully. And you had historic, historical data that sales and those kind of things, you're good at them. They can pay your bills. They can provide some bread and butter, put it on the table for you and Christine. So I challenge you to test that, that things that you love doing can actually bring you money. And I remember the conversation I just checked while you were talking, uh, that conversation was 26th of April when you said that your calendar just drains you looking at it. And uh, I told you like, okay, let's discuss some ideas. And I asked you to go and try to get some VIP days or sessions with people, with potential clients to to help them with their brand strategy, uh, those kind of things. And I remember... Exactly where I was sitting in my in-laws' house when I get this voice memo from you, like, "Hey, I got this uh, two-day VIP package for X amount of thousands of dollars, and we're gonna do it next week." And I'm like, "There you go." (laughs) So we started gathering proof that it's actually total bullshit. Just because it's easy for you and it's fun for you doesn't mean that this doesn't have to pay off, right? Well, and I think. I mean, I coach this and sometimes coaching this is harder than doing it yourself is that if you're good at something and you love something, you can figure out how to monetize it, right? I think it's really easy sometimes to have a passion for something and be afraid to monetize it because it could make you lose that passion. So there's a bit of fear of that. But it was like, how do how do we take some of these things that I'm really good at and really want to do more of and monetize them? And mm-hmm. we put together kind of an idea of a package and we were able to monetize it in a way that made sense for both me and clients. And, you know, since then, I've, I've actually done it a couple times, <laughs> quite a mm-hmm. few times. And it was also, I was making more money for less work, providing more value in the work I was doing, less time in terms of like a day and a half versus like one session for an hour a week over three months. And it provided, you know, more cash to me and more value to the clients. And I wasn't sure that was possible, but you know, it's, it's getting out of your own limiting belief which was also tough for me to do, right? And again, when you're, when you're, you know, we're kind of going through this by yourself, you don't have somebody to validate or talk through this with and challenge your thinking. It's really easy to be like, well, I'm going to do what I've always done because that's what's paying my bills versus, hey, it's scary. Let's say no. You may lose a couple of thousand here, but you may make 4X that immediately because you open up. And the other, the other big thing I think I put into action through our conversations more so in the fall of last year, as I started telling people more, hey, I have this availability. These are things I can do. What do you got for me? And kind of like, I'm a free agent. I'm on the market in terms of these things that I can do. Call me. And I let my network know about that. And I started to get more business. And sometimes it's okay to ask for help, ask for business, tell people in your network, this is what I'm doing. Who do you know? 
And uh, that took me a while to do, like from that summer into the fall to get over my ego to, to do that. But that was another big thing I think we started doing that you and I talked a lot about that when I started doing this fall, started to open up doors. Yeah. And, and hopefully I'll be walking through one in like two weeks <laughs> in the middle of, of, of honestly negotiating probably the biggest contract that I've ever been put in front of. And we'll see where that plays out. But it's in a really, I think, good place. But none of that happens if we didn't start the process mm-hmm. of if I, if I had been stubborn to all that, I don't think any of this would happen. And I want to actually emphasize that those conversations sounded very different. It wasn't like me, like, oh, Rob, why don't you leverage your network? Or why don't you ask for help? And you were like, yeah, Anna, why don't I? I'll go and write. No, you were like very uh, smart <laughs> with argument and why you you have it on your map, but not for now. It will go then and to the do. So it was like, okay. All right, I questioned yeah. you. I, I leave it up to you right now. And then you go and you start doing those things sneakily behind my back. <laughs> <laughs> there, there is, I would say that there is, um, there is this part of like coachability, right? As is an entrepreneur, as a coach, as a mentor, somebody who goes on stage speaking on these things. Sometimes in the moment you defend, you kind of dig your heels in and it's, after the fact that you realize that you're wrong. And so you kind of put those things into action. I think it's important because we, you know, we have talked about that and you have called me out of that. And your job, I think, is any coach's job, right? Is not to tell you what to do, but to show you, ask great questions mm-hmm. and give you the, give you a, a playbook, a roadmap, give you guidance for you to make the best decision. Because mm-hmm. if anything's ever going to happen, at the end of the day, it has to be you to make that decision. You have to you have to rely on your internal motivation, not your external motivation. And I think too many people too many people will look for a coach to answer their problems and give them the solution versus working through that. And one of the things that we had to do and why it took so long from April twenty sixth to end of twenty twenty two is there was a lot of back and forth in those conversations that had to be worked through. So it sounds great and it sounds linear through you know, the editing of this podcast or the, the format of this podcast, but you know, there's weekly conversations between April and, you know, yeah, it was December bi-weekly. Let's, let's, yeah, yeah, <laughs> let's sorry, be here with you. <laughs> bi-weekly conversations for, for eight months, right? That's still a lot of conversations of things that had to happen to get to where we were. It wasn't just like, Oh, this, you should do this. Oh yeah. I'm going to do this. It was more of like, you challenge me. I'd push back, figure out how to make it work for myself be vulnerable. And I think the the other thing is you gave me a lot of space and grace to be vulnerable, which is also hard, but I needed that space because like, it's not my wife that you know, I love my wife, but she doesn't know what I do. It's just in her world. And she has her own life and her own career that she is being a badass at, but she doesn't need to hear me. So having a somebody dedicated to really have a two-way conversation to me was really impactful through that time period. Right. And there was so much that happened in that time that needed to happen that had to be two-way conversations sometimes it was you letting me just talk for an hour and sometimes it was challenging me every two seconds <laughs> those are things that have to happen. i'm getting those go for yourself <laughs> <laughs> yeah sometimes there is some you know pretty quick reactions it was like oh me. You know, internal brain <laughs> yeah. to the external foot and mouth ex- experience. Is there a lot of love going on in our conversations? Yes. To know? 
So I, I just really want to emphasize what you're saying here. I also appreciate it so much when clients dare to stay with me longer because that's where the magic happens. And it's not about me, as, as you said, it's not about me like hitting like, okay, do this and you go and implement and that's it and we go on the next thing. I'm here to mirror your patterns, to yeah. bring them to the surface. And they are patterns for a reason. They keep repeating themselves. And that is what we're working on. And we know a couple of your patterns and they have the code names, right? And we're just referring to them like, okay, that that's that again. Uh-huh. So we know that <laughs> like that what that means and and let's like let's do the do the drill for going through that pattern and fixing this situation and that's the value of knowing each other for a while of of having this relationship when i don't need to get to know you like you know uh or uh, you don't need to get spent two three months with someone to get to know you every six months to when you recommit to a new solution provider so to say uh, as a coach Uh, and that's the uh the beautiful part of that. And there is always something to talk to because those patterns, they still come up in different, yeah. a different capacity, in different areas of life. And as you said, like you, you got intrigued by that. I was not telling you like, this is the thing you need to fix and then you'll be good yeah. forever. And so on. It was just like, okay, we, we take whatever comes <laughs> and yeah. we explore it together. And I think that's also the beauty of being ready for for that conversation because it's not easy. I really want to give you a lot of credit because those conversations are challenging. I'm grilling you sometimes, right? Yeah. And even yeah. though you know it's loving, in the moment you just really don't maybe want to yeah, disconnect. It's, it's, <laughs> it definitely isn't easy, but I think it's also the reason that you should. I mean, it, this is 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 a, a great kind of use case on why like anytime you hire a coach, whether that's for health, for fitness, for your brain, a therapist, like you need to spend a good amount of time with that person because you don't just get to a point of like, okay, you you hit a win and it's like, all right, now I, I fixed it. Like it's a, it's a persistent, consistent pursuit of working through things. And then just as you climb one now on top, top, you have to go to the next one, right? Like I talk to people all the time. Like I don't set like big goal markers. It's like I shorter things in the sand so you can pick it up. I'm not trying to plant a flag at the mountain type. I'm planting the flag in the sand up that mountain because you have to have smaller goals to get there. So the mo- reason why most people fail, I mean, this is January 4th. Let's talk about New Year's resolutions. Most New Year's resolutions will fail because people will set big goals that are future state. I'm going to lose 40 pounds. Okay, 40, that's a lot, right? Versus like, I'm going to lose 10 pounds by February. In February, I'm going to lose 10 pounds by March. And in March, I'm going to lose 10 pounds by July, right? If we set goals in a future tense and shorter bite-sizable chunks, that's how we can climb the mountain, right? Or, or, you know, talk about eating the elephant. How do you how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time, right? Yeah. And it's easy for me to say that and I coach that, but you need that person there with you as my, my coach, friend, my confidant, my therapist, all the things to to be able to to routinely talk about that in the good times and the bad, mm-hmm. right? And and I know what my nickname is, so <laughs> um, and, and I know that I continue to live up to that even when things are really good. <laughs> so you know, I think I think it's important for anyone out there who are thinking about working with some sort of coach or therapist to give it time, right? Because it also takes time for the person on the other end that's trying to help you to really see you because let's be honest, anyone out there that's actually listening to this and thinking, 
oh, I think that's wrong. It's going to be like, yeah, but our, I mean, when you went on your last date or, you know, when you were on your first date with, the, with your partner now, on that first date, did you tell them everything? Do you know that you're going to marry them? Did you tell them your deepest, darkest secret? No. You put on your, you put your best foot forward, right? Mm-hmm. And you let them see the crazy later. You show them the glimpses of the crazy mm-hmm. over time it's to not scare them. <laughs> it's the same thing with a therapist or a coach, mm-hmm. something that you're working with. It's going to take you time because you're going to have your own biases and your mm-hmm. own walls built. I definitely did it. I had a lot of took me a while. I mean, I was pretty vulnerable up front. That's kind of what I think sparked it. But I think it was about it was about that April time frame when these things start happening and all these epiphanies start happening. I also started to get more defensive and guarded because my wall started going up of like fear and all these other things. So like, you know, that's why I say working through it all, good and bad, takes time. And uh, to be honest, I think it's a very tricky uh, balance there. Given time a therapist, you know, there is another side of this coin saying like you need to click with the person. But at the same time, if the person is triggering you, it could be a very good person for you to grow with. So how do you find that balance there? Like, of course, if the person is obviously disrespecting you and uh, like minimizing all your problems and so on, that's probably not your kind of person. But at the same time, it also could be highlighting you, your needs. Yeah. Like I have it in my therapy right now. I uh, I kind of got a bit angry at, at my therapist saying like, okay, why do I need to prove you X, Y, Z? She's like, huh, this is interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is that I like they, they work in a, in a, in a pair, a he and a she. And quite often they become the model of parents. And quite often in therapy, you go back into your childhood and your relationship with your parents. So I'm projecting a lot of stuff on her from my mom. And apparently like we figured it out and she's like, oh, okay, so why do you need to prove your mom X, Y, and Z? And I was like, dang. <laughs> so that's the thing. If I would just be pissed at that and it's like saying they suck, they just always like challenge me uh, in a like d- disrespectful way and so on and i just walk away i would not realize that i'm trying to prove my mom something that she doesn't really care about in all yeah. honesty so there is a really tricky balance but i really want to emphasize that it's important to keep an eye on that be patient with yourself that it takes time and yeah. I, like i would say probably the only advice i would give there is to if someone promises you an amazing result in three weeks or even eight weeks walk away <laughs> yeah because probably, that, that will not happen no no not at all right and like that's there's when it comes to working on yourself in this capacity there are no there should be no timetable for success and what i mean by that is that there are many victories that happen throughout and for every victory there's a new challenge uncovered Right. It's like the never ending game, like Tetris. <laughs> right. Mm. You know, you, you pass one level just to get to a harder one or harder challenge or whatever. And if anyone in this kind of space is like, I'm going to fix you, whatever, like Tony Robbins talks about this. He actually did a Netflix special called I'm Not Your Guru. Right. Mm. And the fact that and he gets charged, like he charges like a million dollars an hour to work with him. It's ridiculous. Right. And you can go to a seminar and his seminars are intense and you have to buy in. Right. Like if you go to a Robbins seminar for a weekend, you need to buy in because it's trying to impart with you so many small things that you can go out and do. And the, the, the difference of success is like, what are you going to do with it? Are you going to go on and like work with one of his coaches or get another coach? But like, how are you going to take what you learn and put that into your daily life? Right. And he's very clear about that. And he's like the best, one of the best in the world. And so whether it's a weekend thing or this, that like you have to figure out and it's, 
persistent, consistent steps and things that you have to work on. So if anyone is, that's why I said it's hard for for anybody in this kind of industry to say, I'm going to put a timetable for success because what is success, right? Mm-hmm. Like if we go, we start opening up all the cans of worms, that could take years. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, shit, I know it could take years. Like, cause, <sighs> cause I'm also being guarded, right? You know, I'm not going to just, break down or we're able to solve all of my problems. Like you have to solve one thing to get to the next, to get to the next. So before we get to the root problem, it's going to take a while. There's some layers that we got to unpack. We got to peel back and, and, and work through. And it is, it is necessary because sometimes I see that the deeper problem for the person, but I know it would be too much for them to, to go through that uh, or dive into that directly. So frustrating it might, as it might be for me, like, oh, I'm wasting our time or something. I would, I would telling all, was telling myself all those stories in the beginning, like, oh my God, I'm being dishonest with them. Uh, like they, they like we need to go there and not like fix these things because they are just the symptoms of that thing. But Sometimes feeling like fixing directly the root cause is just way too much for the person to handle. And that's why we need to take those smaller wins first or relieve some smaller pains first before we're capable to go there. Also to build this relationship of trust for the person to see that I love them deeply and to, to see that I really want their best and so on and so forth. Yeah. So it's just part of the process. Yeah. I mean, you, you don't want to also go for the jugular on day one, right? Like, if you if you see the root cause and you go for that deep dark pain, like that's that could be a Pandora's box, and you're not sure what you're gonna get. Like you need to you need to show them proof in the pudding a little bit, right? Start with some mini wins, get that rapport going, and let that build. And 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 on this side of the coin, right? Like as a somebody who's who's a client, all this it's needed. You know, there's there's times where you'll let me talk for a full hour session, and it's because I just need to get it out of my head. We don't need to act on it. I'm not going to act on it. I just need to like word vomit it out so it's not stuck in my brain and causing more problems, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes that, that that's that's what it could be, and sometimes it needs to be a lot more and challenging to a point where I'm frustrated. But that's the beauty of it. And the beginning with you, to be honest, I I was stressing myself out with that. Like I I was like, oh my god, he's he's touching on so many things, and it was trying to take some notes what I want to touch upon, and da 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 da. And then I was like, no. We don't need to act upon all those things. There are a couple of things I do want to pick up and challenge maybe and so on and so forth. But the main stuff is, as you said, it's like those brain farts, as yeah. one of my clients called it. And uh, it's fine. So now I know, like, if when I'm getting one session with Rob, first 20 minutes, I'll probably say a couple of sentences and that's it. The rest <laughs> is just really Rob pouring out everything that is happening in the last two weeks. And then we just pick some things that we really need to work on. But that part is really releasing the energy or, uh, or, or letting go of some things that are taking energy so that we have the energy to, to tackle the real problems and the real challenges. Yeah. Um, so 100%. I, I'm grateful for that experience with you and that I've learned a lot from, from the conversations with you. Yeah, I appreciate that. And I've learned a lot from the conversations with you as well. So, you know, sometimes, it, I mean, we all are, it's, it's, it's a consistent process, right? And I think that if you want to shrink this down into a, a blurb, you know, that people can kind of take away is that it's a process, trust it, mm-hmm. and, you know, take the time to, to put action, to put things into action, right? Like I said at the beginning, you know, 
I made my calendar work for me again. Like I live by my calendar with my ADHD and OCD. And so when I hate my calendar, I need to make it work for me so that I can be productive. Little things that we talked a lot about where it was when we had our conversations at walk and talk because I sit at my computer all day. I need to get out and move. I need to release that energy both physically and vocally, mentally, right? You know, things like with my OCD here, if there's dishes or laundry that need to be done, that will bother me. I can't work until the housework is done. So getting up and leaving and going to a coffee shop and removing those distractions or putting yourself in a position to be successful. And it was those actions you challenged me to have, uh, you know, one of the most visceral reactions I gave you was uh, starting my day, right? I am so connected and you challenged me to have breakfast with myself in silence for 10 minutes. And I immediately said, go fuck yourself. <laughs> because sitting in silence for 10 minutes is like the scariest thing for me. I'm almost there. Like I'm, I'm doing eight, nine minutes. Yay. You know, I'm getting close, <laughs> but it, it's action, right? And it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's process and action. And if you are willing to put small mini actions in that work for you, it's the only way that you're going to move the ball forward. And I think mm-hmm. that's the, you know, trying to highlight, I guess, I guess the, the key takeaways is it's process and put action into motion. Yeah, thanks, Rob. And I do want to emphasize that we do have some startup founders listening to us and they might be like, yeah, cool, good to know, but I don't have the money and I don't have the time for for doing those things. Would you challenge that or do you agree that there are some times when we absolutely cannot afford the investment of time and energy and money into something like this? So I think it's funny when people talk about, well, let's, let's break it down. The first part is time. Because I am notorious for saying I'm busy. I'm always perpetually a constant motion machine. If you care about something and you're committed to making something happen, a change, you will put time. You have time. I guarantee that person is probably, you know, they may take a two hour lunch. They may, you know, sit on their you know, Instagram for an hour and a half a day. They may watch five TV shows a night. Like you make choices and you have the ability to find the time to do the things that are most impactful for you. And if you think something like this is going to change, and, and my, my question on the cost is, what is the cost if you're thinking about where you are today, physically, mentally, emotionally, financially? Would you be happy if you're in the same place one year from now? Because if you're not willing to invest in yourself, then who the fuck is willing to invest in you? Who, who else is going to invest if you can't invest in yourself? And what is that cost, right? And yes, there's times people might not have the money and, and these things, but like you can do a barter agreement, exchange of value or service. You can do payment plans. There's so many creative ways to work with people through exchange of value, exchange of service. That we can eliminate those things. It's yeah. more of, is this something you really want to do? And do you think it's going to change your life? And it's hard for me to, to, I see so many people. In fact, we just talked with, I have so many friends that talk about traveling and moving and going to these other places. And I'm like, just do it. I'm like, yeah, if only. It's like, what do you mean if only? So I did it. I mean, yeah, I did it with my wife. And like, she told me, she's like, hey, I don't do long distance. And it was, a, but it was a constant choice. Moving to New York, like, if you really want something and you think that it is what you need and it's passionate and it's something that you, I don't want to be in the same place a year from now, you need to, you can and will manifest a way to make that time and money or time and cost happen. And so I'll always challenge it. If somebody says, I don't have time or money, it's usually because this isn't a priority to you or you're too afraid to reprioritize funds. You know, most people can, can save $120, a, $120 to $200 a year canceling a Netflix subscription. 
and taking like two hours a day of Netflix to do something else. I'm not saying that I'm going to like, I love my Netflix binges, right? Like it's something my wife and I do. But at the same point, if I'm complaining about time, like I know where I can pick up time. I do. Oh, to be honest, uh, with the memberships and subscriptions for those services, I see people who actually sometimes ex- accidentally pay twice or three times even for the same mem- subscription because they would like do another card. And then suddenly they're like, oh, yeah, actually I'm charged three times for the same stuff. Or Maybe decide on one of those, Amazon, Disney, HBO, Netflix, and just go for that. There is enough yeah. stuff there going on. Yeah. So th- there are those creative ways of doing it. And as you said, it's, it's about the commitment. But it, it's sometimes a difficult conversation to have, to be honest. <laughs> it is. And, you know, whenever people, especially when it came to like my services, you know, my question just comes down to, like, is this going to be valuable to your business? Is it going to move forward? And if you don't do it and you're in the same place next year, how is, how is that going to look to you? Like, mm-hmm. are you going to be happy with that? And if you say no to any of those three things, then you should probably find a way to work with me or somebody like this service because that's why you're exploring it. I just think that it is hard to have that conversation. But the biggest thing is when you're working with some sort of coach in any part of your life, it's so that you're not a year from now having the same fucking conversation with yourself. And that's scary for a lot of people when, when they start realizing that it's the conversation that you have to have with yourself in the mirror in a year from now, that you're like, that, that, that will change your perspective on what is important to you and the things that you, you want to put your, invest your money and time into. Cause we all have the same amount of time. We don't, we don't have all this. We don't all have the same amount of money. We have the same amount of time, 24 hours mm-hmm. in a day to put towards the things that we are most passionate about. And sometimes we have to work for passion, <laughs> right? And all of us can just like have money to be jet setters, but if you're working 10 hours or working 20 hours and you have X amount of hours to do other things, like where are you putting that time? And it could just be to self-care. It could be to rest. It could be whatever it is, but that's on you to, to, to have that conversation with yourself. Rob, I think it's a good summary to our already longer conversation than expected, but. <laughs> and I know like, ah, 20, 25 minutes is like, when have we ever had a conversation that was 20, 25 minutes? I, don't. I know, I know, <laughs> I know, but it's good, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Rob, I'm very grateful for you in general, as you know, and appreciate you. But also thank you so much for finding time to share your experiences and opening up about how how that is going for you and what people can take from there to ask for support, to reach out to people, to have those conversations with others right now instead of having the same fucking conversation with themselves in a year. Absolutely. Well, I'm happy and appreciate you for for giving me the space and the place as well as um, all the great work last year. Looking forward to the next year. And if there's anybody out there listening and, and wanting to decide if this is right for them and they have more questions, feel free to reach out to me. I'm happy to have more of a conversation on on you know my experience and, and help out any way I can. So I appreciate you and, and let me be a part of this community and this opportunity. Yeah, thanks much. I'll put your contacts in the uh, show notes for people to uh, have it easy to reach out. Perfect. And to you, leaders, talk to you next week. All right, ciao. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Genius Leadership Podcast. If you enjoyed the conversation, hit the subscribe button. Please rate, review, and share to help more people discover the show and become the better leaders. For more conversations about living in your zone of genius, connect with me on LinkedIn. Genius Leadership is an honors conversation about leading yourself and others. And it is my honor to be a guide in overcoming everything.